going to go to God's Word, John chapter 3, verse 16. Uh, really appreciate, by the way, this team that's been working so hard all weekend. Let's give them a big hand. All the singers, musicians, thank you. All the tech in the back, putting everything together. Thank you, guys. Um, I'm going to show you the most famous verse in all of the Bible. And I'm going to show you maybe, maybe the most famous scripture probably in history. The most famous sentence, the most famous piece of literature uh, in the West, and it's John 3, 16. These are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, watch these three words, believes in him, let's say those out loud believes in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I do want to talk from that idea today, believe in him, believe in him. Let's pray. Father, we open our heart to your word now. <sighs> Holy Spirit, we, we settle our hearts and we settle our minds to receive from you. God, you've done so much for us, but we need you now more than ever. We need you more today than we've ever needed you. Our families need you. Our children need you. We, we need you, Lord, so speak to us. Lord, no one is here by accident. I believe you've brought us here, and I believe you have a word for us that could change everything about our life and our future. Speak, Lord, just one word from you can change everything, and we're expecting that now. In Jesus' name, give me a big amen, everybody. Amen. amen. Believe in him. Believe in him. I say that because I want you to understand that, that what we have is a faith. We have a faith. The scripture actually says that God gave us this faith. So it's not a religious set of do's and don'ts. It's a faith. It's, it's a set of beliefs. It is believing in God and believing God. Believing. Believing not earning, believing, not trying, believing, not working. Jesus did not say, for God so loved the world that anyone who works really hard, maybe you can get in. For God loves the world that he gave you the ability to earn, and maybe if you do enough good things, you can go to heaven. For God so loves the world that Anyone who tries really hard, as long as you're trying and as long as your face looks like this, and as long as you worship like this, and as long as you act like this, and as long as you pray like this, and as long as you're always miserable, maybe. Because <laughs> that's what we believe, right? The more miserable you are, obviously, the more holy you are. <laughs> but that's not, that's not the message of God at all. That's not the message of Jesus at all. It is believing it's believing that what Jesus said and what Jesus did is enough. That what he did for us on the cross and what he did on Resurrection Sunday is enough. It's believing. It is a relationship with God and it is believing in God. Not believing in yourself, believing in God. And, and there's two ways that we believe in ourselves. Some of you believe in your own righteousness and some of you believe in your own sin. And either way, your belief is not in Jesus, it's in you. 
Some of you are sitting here right now going, I don't need this. I'm good, man. I threw 20 bucks in the offering plate, and I come to church every once in a while, and, you know, I'm pretty nice to people. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> you ain't good enough, bro. Others of you are going, I'm, I'm too bad. I can't be, I, I'm surprised I'm even alive right now. I can't believe that they even let, if people knew who I was, they would not sit by me. Either way, your faith is in you. Your eyes are on you. Your belief is in you that you're either good or bad. You've actually got to get your eyes off of you and on to Jesus. And believe in him. Believe in what he did. Believe in his plan. Believe in his call. Believe in his love. June 10, 1998, I was 15 years old. I placed my faith in Jesus. I was a religious kid. I was a church kid. I was born and raised in church, but I didn't know God. I knew about God. I didn't know God. I knew how to act in church, but I didn't know God. I knew how to fake it in church, but I, did. I knew how to lift my hands on the last chorus of what a beautiful name. Back then it was shout to the Lord, but you get the point. I knew how to say amen to the preacher. I knew how to smile at the pastor. I knew how to be on my best behavior in church, but I didn't know God. I knew about God. I knew. I even knew some of the words of God, but I didn't know God. But then one day I placed my faith in Jesus. And on that day, Jesus was no longer my pastor's God or my parents' God. He became my God. I, I knew God. And, and that can happen for you. Can I just tell you, no, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter, no matter where your family comes from, no matter, I'm telling you that what God did for me 24 years ago, God can do for you today. And in about 20 minutes, I'm going to give you that same opportunity to believe in Jesus, to place your faith in Christ. And there's three things that I want to ask you and encourage you to believe, and here's the first. We must believe that Jesus loves us. Friend, Jesus loves you. You got to believe that. Because your ability to believe and receive the love of God is going to affect every decision you make for the rest of your life. The great mind and the great thinker, A.W. Tozer, said it like this. What I think about when I think about God, that's the most important thing about me. That what you think about when you think about, what do you think about when you think about God? You see some old angry dude with male pattern baldness and a lightning bolt in his hand going, just act up. Is that what you think about? Because if that's what you think about, you'll, you'll never know God. You'll never love God. You'll never worship God. You'll, you'll never enjoy the presence of God. You'll always be running from God. Is that what you think about? What do you think about when you think about God? Because that is the most important thing about Because in your sin, it's going to affect what you do when you make a mistake. On the best day of your life, you won't give God the glory because you'll think you did it because you'll be convinced God's against you. You'll think that you've actually outsmarted God. What do you think about when you think about God? You've got to know that God loves you. Because in your sin, you'll run to him for forgiveness. In your weakness, you'll run to him for strength. In your prosperity, you will run to him to give him the glory. What do you think about when you think about God? God loves you. God loves you so much. This is radically different than any other religious idea and religious system. Every other religion and idea is maybe if I do good enough, we, we think of it like scales and I've got, I've got my good works and I've got my bad works and hopefully my good works outweigh my 
bad works, and hopefully I die on the right day. Because if you die on the wrong day, you're screwed, right? Like, I grew up in the kind of church back in my day in Pentecost that if, if you were at a rated R movie and Jesus came back, <laughs> peace, you out, you're done, dog. You die at the club, you're going to hell. You, you die in the back seat of a car, you're done. Jesus comes back and you're in a makeout sesh. That's how I grew up. That's how I grew up. So hopefully I've done enough good to outweigh the bad, and hopefully I die on the right day. What a terrible way to think, but that's how people think. People think maybe if I try enough and if I do enough, maybe one day I'll get to God. Can I just tell you that is not the message of Jesus. It's not about your works. It's about his works. It's not about what you've done. It's about what he's done. You have to believe that we can't do enough, be good enough, try hard enough, search long enough to find God. So God in Christ, full of love and mercy, came to us. The Bible said I was dead in my sin. I was blind in my sin. I was deaf in my How am I going to find somebody when I'm blind and I'm deaf and I'm dead? So when I couldn't get to God, God got to me. When I couldn't find God, God found me. When I couldn't seek God, God sought me. When I wasn't looking for God, God was looking for me. This is the message. Sit down, you're scaring all the new people. This is the message. There's a new person in here like, good, I'm glad he saw that. It's going to happen again, just so you know. But now you're warned. This is the message of Jesus. That I can't find God and I can't. Seek God, so God sought me. And God came to me. The Bible said that God lives in inapproachable light, that he is spirit, and that if anyone sees him, they will die. So what he did is he wrapped himself in a veil called an earth suit, called a dirt suit, called flesh. And God became a man, fully God, fully man. His name is Jesus. He's 200%. He's bad. And if I was to look at God, I would die. So he wrapped himself in a veil called flesh so that I could look at him and live. So in the Old Testament, it says if you look at God, you'll die. But in the New Covenant, it says if I be lifted up on the cross. That, that's not, a, song, that's not a, a verse about praise and worship. It's a verse about the cross. Jesus said if I be lifted up on the cross, if you'll look at him, you'll live. Jesus... Loves you. God demonstrates his own love. God's love is not just talk. It's not just feel. It's, it's demonstration. That while we were still sinners, he didn't wait for you to clean up. Get your act together and then maybe. No, well, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Please believe today that Jesus loves you. Secondly, we must believe that Jesus died for us. Jesus died for you. Jabin, why did Jesus die on the cross? What, what's the point of the cross? Why am I wearing cross earrings? Why am I wearing a cross around my neck? Why, why is the cross the most recognizable symbol in all of the world? What, what's the cross about? Here's the cross in five words. 1 Corinthians 15, 3, Christ died 
for our sins. That's why he died. He died for you. He died because of you and he died as you. He died for my sins because I'm a sinner. And let me just bring some really bad news on a really great day. So are you. I'm not a sinner. I'm pretty good. You're not pretty good. You're not. Have you ever lied? Well, you're a liar. That's what the Bible. <laughs> I've never lied. Well, then you really is a liar. You really. <laughs> ever lusted at anyone? Jesus said you're an adulterer. Okay, so I'm, I'm two for two so far. Um, <laughs> ever stolen anything? God calls you a thief. I've never, like, robbed a bank. Yeah, but you've been at Whole Foods and you've tried a grape just to make sure they're fresh. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I saw a desperate mom the other day, desperate at Whole Foods, and her little two-year-old was just freaking out, so she just handed her an apple, and she started eating that apple. And I thought, one, you didn't wash it. Two, <laughs> two, you can't weigh it. You going to weigh the baby? I didn't call the manager. I'm not a Karen. I didn't. I just let her, I let her have her moment. That's, That's between us, sis. I'm not, you got to answer to God, all right? I, okay, I'm... <laughs> We're all guilty. We've all sinned. And the Bible said that the wages of sin, the payment of sin, Romans 6, that, that what we get for sinning is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. So do you want to try to work? Because the only thing that you're going to earn in your own works is more death. That's why religious people are miserable. Am I talking to you? Did you grow up in my church? Where, where are you at? Where did you go? Because they're trying to earn something that only leads to more death. But the free gift of God. You're only going to really be joyful. You're only really going to be holy. You're only really going to be free from sin when you actually receive the free gift. Of God that is eternal life. Christ died for your sins. Jesus died for our sins. Jesus died for you. See at the very beginning of the book, Genesis 2. God creates Adam and Eve and he goes, all of this is for you. This whole garden is for you. Be fruitful, multiply, subdue. It's all for you. What a gift. He goes, but there's one tree. It's my tree. Why did God do that? For two reasons. One, because he's holy. Never forget it. He's holy. And if God says it's his, it's his. And why don't touch it? Two, because he was giving us a choice. He was saying, I made you in my image and likeness, which means I'm going to give you a will just like I had a will. I'm going to give you freedom just like I have freedom. I'm going to give you choice just like I have choice. Don't eat from that tree. Use the gift of freedom that I've given you not to touch the thing that I've refused. And what did they do? They ate. I don't know if it took a million years. I don't know if it took a day. But they committed high treason against God. They sinned against God. And God said, on the day that you sin, you will die. And on that day, they did not die. They did not die naturally. They died spiritually. And sin and death began to rule and reign in the earth. So because we deserve death and because we deserve to die, Jesus died for us. Jesus died for our sins. That we deserved death, but he died in our place. See, on the day that Jesus died, Good Friday, there was a man scheduled for that middle cross. His name was Barabbas. You can read this in the scriptures. He was sentenced to die that day, but instead they set him free so that Jesus could die on the Passover. Think about this. 
the guilty was set free. And the innocent condemned. That's the gospel as simple as I can make it. The one who deserved to die lived. The one who deserved to live died. He took our place. Let me give you a scripture that Paul summarizes what I just said. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. Jesus had never sinned. He was tempted but never gave in. But on the cross he became sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He became sin that we might become righteous. He became that we might become. He became that we might become. He became an offering of sin on the cross that we might become sons and daughters of the Most High God. You cannot earn righteousness. You receive righteousness. It is a gift from Calvary, from the cross. The guilty went free, the innocent condemned to die. Jesus died for you. Now, now why did he die? And here's what most people say in the American church because it preaches really good. Jesus died so you could live. But um, I'm going I'm to burst your bubble real quick, okay? Jesus actually died so you could die. You're like, dog, it's Easter. I can't be thinking like that right now. I can't. <laughs> Give me something simple, dog. This, here's what the scripture said. The scripture says in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. He, he actually died so that my old life can die. I look the same and I sound the same, but I am not the same. The old Jabin, he's dead. He's been buried. This is what Romans 6 says, and this is why baptism is so important, that we've been buried with Christ in baptism. Romans 6, this is what it literally says. I've been buried with Christ in baptism so that I can be raised in a new life. The, the, the old me, the, the addict, that, that addiction gets to die. That fear gets to die. That hatred gets to die. That, that, that sinful pattern of destruction, those generational curses, they get to die on the cross. They get buried and now I'm raised in a new, see, when I got saved, I didn't become a better version. I didn't become a remodeled version. I didn't become an improved version. I am a brand new creation. The old Jabin, he's down in the water, and now I've been raised in a new life with Christ, and so have you. You don't have to deal with the curses of your past forever. See, all these pictures are in the Scripture, and they're pictures of Salvation. We go all the way back to the Old Testament, the book of Exodus. And the Bible says that Moses and Israel was set free from bondage in Egypt. And the Bible said that they went through the Red Sea. Peter, now in the New Testament, say that's a picture of baptism. That's why we, that's why we believe in baptism around here. We're, we're like a weird, really loud Baptist church. <laughs> that speaks in tongues, you know what I'm saying? Like, but we're really, we're, really into, we're really into baptism. Here's why. Because Peter said that water baptism is like what happened when Israel went through the waters. What happened in the waters? They not only just went through the waters, what happens next? Pharaoh and his armies go into the river, and then the waters collapse, and they're drowned. And God tells, Pharaoh, uh, God tells Moses, the enemy you see, you will no longer see. The enemy you see now, you will never see again. And, and when I come to Christ, everything that's been holding me back, everything that's been keeping me small, everything that's been keeping me bound and addicted, 
all of my past, all of my shame, every generational curse of mama did it this way, daddy did it this way, and uncle did it this way, and grandpa and great-grandpa did it this way, all of it dies on that day. When I got saved, the old me died so I could rise into something brand new. Jesus died for you. It doesn't end there. We didn't celebrate Friday alone and then wrap it up. He got up. He is alive. Jesus is alive. This is not a fable we tell. This is not self-help. This is not, this will make your life a little bit, but we're not, we're not just trying to improve your life. This is real. Jesus rose from the grave. Jesus rose again for you. Jesus rose again for you. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is heaven's amen on the life ministry and sacrifice of Jesus. If Jesus said it is finished on Friday but doesn't get up on Sunday, he lied on Friday. None of it matters if Jesus didn't rise. But he did rise. And because he rose, we rise. And because he's alive, we're alive. And because he got up, we can get up. And because he is alive, we can receive the resurrection of the dead. In Jesus' name. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, it's called eternal life. It's called we're going to live forever. It's called even this body, it will go into the ground. But one day at the resurrection of the dead, our bodies are going to get back up. We're going to receive newness of life and we will live forever. Jesus rose again for you. This is not a graveyard religion of death. We are in a living relationship with a living Savior. But what do we do? We end up settling for the temporal but we're craving the eternal. So we end up looking for the eternal in all the wrong places. C.S. Lewis said it like this, that there's this God-shaped chasm, this, this space in your soul that only God can fulfill. But we tell ourselves, maybe if I get another zero to the bank account, or maybe if I drive that car, or maybe if I finally get in that country club, or maybe if I finally date that person, or maybe if we finally have that third child, or maybe if I, maybe if I finally get that watch, or maybe if this and this, and, 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 and we're trying to fill with temporal things what only an eternal God. See, friend, you got a God problem. You don't have a girl problem. You got a God problem. You don't have a guy problem. You got a God problem. You don't have a money problem. You got a God problem. You don't, you don't have a political figure problem. You got a God problem. You don't have a, we got a God problem. And until we fix the eternal, we will keep chasing after things in the temporal, saying, I finally got what I thought I needed, and now I got it, and I'm still empty inside. Why? Because what you need is God. What you need is eternal. This is, this is what... This is what Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says. It says that God's put eternity in my heart. That there's actually this magnet in my soul that is being drawn to something more than what life can offer. I got a God problem. I need something eternal, but what do we do? We, we go searching in all the wrong places. You know, they say that the greatest danger of cocaine is 
The reason people become so addicted to cocaine is because they're trying to get back to the first high. Because the first high was so great and was so euphoric and was so powerful that they keep trying to go back to, they're, they're on a search for that. Is that not such a picture of our life where we're, we're on the search for the next dollar and we're on the search for the next this and we're on the search and, and we're wondering, why don't it, why isn't it enough? It's because we got a God problem. And let me tell you something, for three and a half years Jesus taught. He taught his disciples and he taught the multitudes. And he said this over and over again. Hey, guys, I'm going to die. And three days later, I'm going to get up. And every time they rolled their eyes, oh, come on. No, we're, we're here to overthrow Rome, bro. Like, that's what we're doing. No, 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 really. My kingdom is not that kingdom. My kingdom's within you. I'm going to die. But then I'm going to get back up. Yeah, yeah, whatever, Jesus. No, 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 for real. Like, like, um, like Jonah in the well for three days, I'm going to go in the earth for three days. And then I'm going to get back up. Yeah, yeah, whatever, Jesus. No, 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 really, really, I'm going to die and I'm going to rise again. They never believed. And as it, as it got closer, they believed him less. Peter starts rebuking Jesus. Stop talking about the cross. Jesus says, you are full of the devil. Your mind is on things of this world, not on the things of God. You're, you're, you're missing it, Peter. I, I must die for the sin of humanity and then I'm going to rise on the third day. I, I've been saying it. They didn't believe it. So on the third day, the day that Mary discovers that Jesus rose from the dead, Luke 24, she actually didn't go looking for the living Savior. The scripture said that she went to anoint his body. This is something that they would do in Bible days. You weren't buried six feet under like today. What you, and they didn't have embalming like today. So the bodies would lay in caves and in tombs. And for the next few days, up to a few weeks, you would go to the body, depending on how much money you had, for the next few days or weeks, you would go to that dead body and you would pour oil and perfume on it. And it was a way to honor the dead. It was like bringing flowers to a funeral, but you would go and you would honor the dead. So on the third day when Mary goes, she wasn't looking for the resurrected Messiah. She was fully in unbelief, just going to do her duty to honor this friend of hers. And she shows up, and there's an angel waiting for her. And he goes, Mary, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. Say these next three words with me. He has risen. Come on, say it one more time. He has risen. One more time. Come on. He has risen. Remember, remember, we've been talking about this, Mary. Why are you looking for the right thing in the wrong place? Oh, and don't we do it? And it's like God saying, the alcohol can't numb it. The sexual escapades cannot heal it. The drug can't bring the joy that you're looking for. The money can't satisfy it. I'm not here to condemn any of that stuff necessarily. What I'm saying is, is that we're looking for it in all the wrong places. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because the club Friday night didn't satisfy. Let me tell you why you're here right now. Because sex last night didn't satisfy. Let me tell you why you're here last night. Because the Mercedes you bought on Monday didn't satisfy. I don't care about the car. I like the car. If you got a nice car, let me borrow the car. But let me tell you why you're here. You're here because the house at the summit didn't satisfy. 
And dear God, if you have a house at the summit, please invite me to the egg hunt today. But I'm making a point. Not all of it's wrong, but all of it's temporal. And temporal can't satisfy eternal. You've got a God problem. You need God. But God just never gives us the problem. He gives us the solution. And what you need is a living God for your soul. And it's Jesus. Your heart will always be homesick until it finds its creator. So Jesus says, lastly, the team come. If you're new to church, when the team comes back up, that's like the Grammy music. <laughs> it's like, get off the stage, all right? So we're almost there. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Jesus says, I, I, I stand at the door and I knock. It's not talking about a physical door. He's talking about your heart. He's saying, I'm standing at your heart. I won't, I won't kick it open. I won't force my way in. But I'm knocking. Maybe that sounds a little annoying to you. I, I, I think that's maybe what's been happening in your life. Maybe you've been a little agitated lately. He's just trying to bug you. He's just trying to get your attention. Saying, are you done playing? Are you, are you done with one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of God? Are you, are you done doing this your way? Are you, are, you finally, are you tired yet? Are you weary? Are you heavy laden? Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And if you hear my voice, open the door. He said, I'm not, I'm not opening it. Jesus says, I will not open the door. But you can open the door. And he says, if you will open that door, I will come in. And then I love this. He didn't say, I'm going I'm to come in your house. I'm going to check every drawer and kick open every closet. I'm going to clean up your line. I'm going to clean out. He didn't say that. He goes, if you would just let me in, I'd love to share a meal together. I'd love to share a meal together. I love this about Jesus. It's like Jesus is so confident in his love and mercy and goodness that he goes, if, if I could just sit down with you for a couple of minutes and have a talk. If you ever just looked in these eyes, if you ever heard my voice, you'd fall in love. Give me one moment. Give me one day. Give me one meal. I'll watch what I'll do. Every one of those flaky, crazy disciples who was in and out and never believed and always was one foot in and one foot out. Can I tell you what happened after Jesus rose from the dead? They're all out fishing. They've all backslidden. They've all gone back to their old life. And Jesus is waiting at the shore. You know what he's doing? He's cooking. Real men cook. Or grill, amen, I'll give you grill. He actually was grilling because he, he actually was. Now that I think about it, he had an open fire and he was cooking fish. He goes, let's have a meal, guys. And they go, oh my God, it's Jesus. 
told the truth. But, oh my God, he's real. He's alive. He's everything he said. And he didn't beat them up. And he didn't condemn them for their unbelief. He said, let's eat, let's eat. Let's talk. He restored all 11 disciples back into ministry. And they changed the world. Said, Can we just talk? Can we just have a meal? I'll cook. I'll bring the food. You just open the door. That's a good deal right there. I'll do everything. You just open the door and I'll. Believe in him. I've been believing in him. I don't know if that's proper English, but for 24 years. And I, and I want to make it clear because I didn't, I didn't just believe in him 24 years ago. I've been believing in him for 24 years. And I love my walk with Jesus. I love his presence. I love his voice. I love coming to church. I love the Bible. I love you. I really love you. I really love Christians. If you're sitting there going, I don't think I do. Okay, well, today's your day. You can get born again. I don't love church. I don't love the Bible. I don't, I don't love you. Okay, good. This is a good day to be in church. Some of you are here because you think you have to. Some of you are here, again, you're just trying to throw one more weight on the scale. Stop it. Open the door. And he'll change you. And Because here's all he wants. All he wants is that relationship he had all the way back in Genesis where we started. I told you that Adam and Eve sinned. Before they sinned, here's what the scripture said. Every day, Adam and Eve would walk with God. In the cool of the day. He misses his walks with you. He just wants to walk with you again. He's not desperate. He won't force it. But he just wants that again. You open your heart to that. All right, what do I do? Do I got to give something? Do I got to bow something? Do I got to start serving? Do I need to become a member? No, you don't have to do anything. Believe. Believe in Him. I'm going to give you some words. Because here's what's happening right now. It's already done in your heart. You're already there. But now I'm going to give you words. By the way. Words without heart, it don't, won't do anything. You're not agreeing to fire insurance right now. Oh, I'm serious. Because a lot of people, well, I pray. Well, you didn't mean it. So this actually isn't for people who want to say words to feel better about themselves. There are people in this room right now, your heart is cut open. And you're going, this is, this is my moment. I'm there. All right, now I'm going to give you some words. Words without heart, it's just religion. But when your heart has been turned like it is right now, your heart is going, I want that, I want this, I want this, I want what the preacher's talking about. Then now I'm going to give you some words. And the Bible says, anyone who calls on his name will be saved. Pray with me.
I'm going to ask every person in the room to say these words out loud. But it's going to mean so much for you whose heart right now is turning to God. Pray with me. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you love me. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. Jesus, be Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sin for the things I've done. I open my heart to you. Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. I want us to just celebrate all these today that are...